The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome to Intuitive Connection, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today, I want to talk a little bit about this new fun thing I've been doing and what it's teaching me about life. So one of my my new discoveries here since I moved to San Diego is barefoot hiking. Yep, it's a thing. And I, I learned it from a friend who is a barefoot hiker. First, I thought they were a little nuts, but I don't know. Something told me I had to give it a try. And and I've been a long time barefoot person. I never wear shoes inside my house for sure and never really used a lot of shoes outside either. And I have, I have pretty tough feet. And of course, you know, I walk on the beach year round here. Um, on an almost daily basis and as much as possible do so without, you know, the shoes on the feet. But hiking, hiking seems a little bit daunting, right? To take off your shoes and go on a hiking trail. I mean, really? Come on. But I, I did. I gave it a try. And the results for me are absolutely delightful. Absolutely delightful. And look, I'm not advocating here to hike barefoot. So don't be here in that. You have your own free will and you make your own choices and be mindful and be careful. So this is not a how-to by any means. It's just about me sharing my experience because it's been really cool. But anyhow, for me, the removal of my shoes on the trail has been a revelation. And it's been a revelation for a couple of reasons. You know, when I first moved to San Diego, I think I was still living in quite a bit of fear. And, you know, a lot of it has been worked through and always continues to. And look, it's more about our relationship to fear. I think that's important rather than whether or not it exists for us because we live in a shared space. And part of the energy of life is that sometimes fear is going to come up. But for me, I think that I was listening to it a bit more at the beginning of my two-year adventure here on the West Coast than I am now. And early on, you know, I was really afraid of things like snakes because we did have venomous snakes in the Midwest and Connecticut, but it's not quite a thing that happens very often. Whereas here, rattlesnakes are kind of a big deal and you see them a lot. So I was a little bit worried about that. And again, it was sort of that lack of familiarity. And early on, and I've blogged about this a little bit, but early on, I actually, one of my first days on the trail, I came out and there was a snake 
and it had its head like sticking out of this little hole like true story, guarding the edge of the trail. And I could only see its little face. And now I understand that venomous snakes and non-venomous snakes, they have different shaped faces. So now I maybe will not make this mistake again, but because I could only see the front part of this little dude's face, I was wondering if it could be a rattlesnake. And so I didn't want to get super close to it. So I very gently was sort of throwing rocks, not at the snake, don't worry. I'm an animal lover of all kinds, but in the vicinity of the snake... (laughs) right? To kind of startle it so it would go back into its hole and I could continue on the trail. And the little guy wasn't moving. He was just staring me down. And it was a very potent and powerful moment about me and my fear. And I did end up, true story, I did end up turning around and going back. (laughs) And I think I got probably about like halfway down the hill and I said, this is silly. I went back. The snake was gone and I continued my hike. But it was a really, it was a really powerful moment for me about how I was going to navigate life moving forward here in San Diego. And interestingly enough, I posted the picture of that cute little snake on Facebook and maybe I will post it again on the socials for those of you who are curious. And one of my naturalist friends said, oh my God, you saw a hognose snake in the wild? That's like an amazing thing. So apparently there's a name for this snake. It's called a hognose snake. It is not venomous. And she was kind enough to explain to me the physical differences between the head of a venomous and non-venomous snake. But the funny thing about hognose snakes, my friend, and y'all might appreciate the metaphor in this, is that when they are scared, they freeze, right? (laughs) They freeze. So the more I was throwing rocks at this little guy, he wasn't challenging me at all. He was just doing his natural instinct thing, which is to, you know, freeze and pretend that he's not there. So that was my first experience of getting on the trail and facing a fear, right? The hognose snake that turned out to be more afraid of me than I was of him or her because I don't know how snakes are gendered or sexed or whatever all that means. But anyway, you know, then I started to explore this one trail and I got really comfortable on this one trail and there's two trails, right? And I started one day on the other trail And I saw some ants crawling around and I started to think about Florida and red ants and the trail was a little more overgrown. And, you know, sometimes red ants in Florida are not something that you want to step on. And I got really, really, really uncomfortable. And so I left that trail alone for months, for months and months and months and months. I did not attempt to go on that trail. I stayed on the same trail that I was comfortable with over and over again, did not venture onto that other trail at all. And again, I think it's a metaphor, exploring a new place, getting used to new things, a new environment, right? And then one day, finally, I took the leap. I explored that trail and it was marvelous. It's a marvelous trail with marvelous views. And it's one of my favorite places in my neighborhood to hike. And I'm so grateful that I I hiked it. So it took me a while, but I got there. And again, just showing how you know, gradually, if we're really mindful and we pay attention, we can start to shed those fears. So fast forward now, another maybe like three, four, six months, and I'm out on the trail and I see my first rattler. And I'm doing a little walk and talk with my guides, which is something that I do because I was in a, a pretty potent place emotionally and I was seeking some guidance. And it was a powerful experience because I was right in the middle 
of receiving some guidance for myself when I saw the snake and screamed into my little voice recorder because when I do my walk-in talks, I do them into a little voice recorder. And so I screamed at the top of my lungs and I got to listen to that tape again because I'm so curious. I don't remember the details. I just remember that at that moment, that snake represented so many things and it was just such a potent and powerful sign, perfectly timed and I have it on recording. But, you know, at that moment, right, it was really even a deeper level of confronting my fears. And, you know, I have learned to use my life all the time as a mirror and to be really, really mindful of my behavior, but also what's going on in the outside world, like the seeing of snakes. And, you know, so that was a potent moment for me around, again, confronting those fears. And the thing was, My biggest fear about finding a snake on the trail, and this is so interesting, but my biggest fear about finding a snake on the trail was that it get trapped because most of these trails for me to get home are out and back, right? So if a snake decided to hang out on the trail, then I would be stuck. And that's what happened. It was between me and the way home. And uh, so everything that I thought, right, my fear was blocking me from moving forward, from moving backwards, like it just kept me stuck. And of course, what I've now learned about beautiful rattlesnakes is they're not really interested in you, you know, and uh, they don't really, they don't want to be around you any more than you want to be around them. And if you wait a few minutes, they tend to just slither on away. And that's what this beauty did. She or he just slithered away. And then I had to make the choice, right, to walk across where he had been, you know, thinking, well, will he come back out and bite me? But they don't do that, friends. And I was able to be patient and calm with myself and get past the area where the snake had been and um, yours truly survived this no problem, as many people do, because actually not a lot of people have fatal snake encounters here in California. It's actually pretty, it's a pretty small number of people. We are very, very safe. And again, too, that deeper knowing of what we fear when we can really align with life and align with ourselves and take our fears lovingly, but also a little less seriously, right? There isn't really anything to fear at all except for that fear itself because it's that fear itself that causes the problems and life is always here to support us. And sometimes, you know, even things that we judge as fearful can be potent and powerful signs and beautiful, sometimes redirects or, you know, everything is here to serve. That's my deal. That's what I'm trying to say. And in this case, for sure, that snake was such a powerful sign. And I sat with it for a really long time. So fast forward now and, you know, I met a friend who's a barefoot hiker and again, at first I thought they were nuts, but boy, it just, it just spoke to me. And for days after hiking with them, when I was wearing shoes, it was really cold. I just couldn't get the idea out of my mind. I was like, this is, I got to do this. I'm a barefoot girl. Why can't I do a barefoot hike? And I know these two trails now super duper well. So that helps. And they're sandy trails and they're pretty cleared trails. And again, I, I know them kind of like the back of my hand. So that, that gave me some comfort. But I was still, you know, a little bit nervous, a little bit unsure. So one day I did it. I put the shoes aside and I went out on that first trail, the one where I saw the rattler. And I made myself <laughs> follow the path where the rattlesnake had been, you know, because we got to do this. And I put my shoes down somewhere. I didn't remember where I put them. So I, I had some extra trail fun finding them again. Um, and I set off onto that trail. And it was a magical and also somewhat miraculous experience. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? 
Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And a couple of things I noticed right away. First of all, people said, well, don't you step on things? And I noticed, first of all, you know, when your feet are bare, you are very present. You are extra super present. And so I was very aware of where I was putting my feet. And that actually was really wonderful because it really slows you down and gets you more in the now, right? I was also just so delightfully aware, and this is probably my favorite part of that sensation of having my feet on the ground, on the trail. I find it just so sensual and so just delicious and delightful and grounding and amazing to really, you know, have that level of connection with the earth. But the other thing I noticed is when my mind would sometimes wander and I would go to a thought that was maybe not super helpful or charitable or positive, those were always the moments when I would step on a thorn or a little rock or get something in my foot and go, ouch. And nothing terrible, by the way. Everything was fine. And these were only the first couple of days out. I have to say, it hasn't, it hasn't happened in a while that I've stepped on anything, believe it or not. But I would notice that when I did step on something, it was usually, you know, something I was thinking about, which again, brings me back to this idea, right, that it's not taking the risk that is the problem or invites fear or unpleasant things into our lives, right? It's our orientation. It's our energy. It's our belief systems. It was what I was thinking about at the time. Now, I'm not blaming myself for what I was thinking about. Thought's going to do what thought's going to do. But the little jab in my foot was a reminder. It was a redirect. It was a, oh, wow. Okay, let me shift. Let me shift. And our life can often be that. You know, so often fear will tell us If you hold on to me, I will keep you safe. If you hold on to me, I'll keep you safe. If you keep that level of protection, those shoes on your feet. But oftentimes, right, like those shoes, that quote unquote protection isn't so protecting at all. And one of the things that I really love about the barefoot hiking is there's a level of vulnerability. I mean, there's nothing between me and the trail. And I actually find that to be magical and empowering. I feel powerful. I also, on a muddy day, love the squish, squish, squish of the mud in my feet and the sand under my toes and all of those good things too, right, that I would not get to experience if I was wearing those rubber soles. 
it's funny because I now wear sandals on that trail, but for a while I was even afraid to do that, right? I was like, well, if a snake comes down and bites me, I'm going to want to have closed-toed shoes. So look how far I have come. So let's talk about the snakes now because I posted on Facebook a couple of times about my barefoot adventures and I've also posted on Facebook about some of my snake sightings because there's been more than one. And as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast at all, yours truly loves her animal signs. And whenever I see any kind of animal today on the trail, it was butterflies and birdies and lizards. The lizards were everywhere. So I'll be looking up those signs and feeling into that in a little bit. But I love my animal signs. So you know whenever I see a snake, I take that so very seriously and I get very excited about it, right? But a bunch of people posted on Facebook and also um, a ranger in the park said the same thing. Like, you know, there's rattlesnakes here. How could you go barefoot? (sighs) And here's the thing. And even saying it scares me a little, so I'm going to step back. Number one, I realized when I'm barefoot, I am so much more aware of where my feet are going. I am so much more present that probably it is far less likely that I'm going to step on something I don't want to step on than if I had shoes on, right? Because when we release that false sense of security that the shoes were providing, I'm really, really, really present with every step that my little toesies take. So that's number one. Number two, for me, and this is a big one, that barefoot hiking is an act of trust. It's a trust in myself. It's a trust in my higher self. It's a trust in life. It's a trust that's saying, if this is something that brings me joy, then I should certainly go ahead and do it. And it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be fine and it's going to be amazing. And I believe that the fear often, when we expand beyond it, wants to pull us back in by telling us, oh, no, no, these are the 10,000 things that will go wrong if you do. I truly believe that the more we're aligned with our joy, the more present we are, the more we are feeling into the flow of our own divine abundance and magnificence and joy and bliss and power and all that good stuff. And it's all your birthright, my friend. It's all part and parcel of who and what you really are. The more that we are doing that, the less we got to worry about attracting, you know, scary stuff into our lives because we are not flowing with that bandwidth. We are flowing with joy and love and grace and inspiration. But so often we've been, you know, taught to distrust that. And we've been taught that we need to keep the fear going lest something bad will happen to us. So I'm going to give myself a big hug because at this moment I am feeling into that and I want to give myself a hug. A couple kisses too that you may or may not have heard, (laughs) right? But I want to say that to you too. Fear is really loud and it will tell you either in your own little brain or out of someone else's mouth, all the reasons why you shouldn't do the things that light you up, that bring you joy, that you're excited about, that just are amazing. All the reasons why you shouldn't move out of the comfort zone, take the risks, do the thing. And again, I'm not telling you to be crazy. You know, one of my reoccurring dreams is walking barefoot in New York City. And it is not a good dream. And it is probably not anything I'm ever going to try. I have taken my shoes off a couple times in various spots in Central Park. But that's about it. And even then, I am super mindful of what's underneath my toes. So again, it's we always use discernment. And we don't have to do something just 
to do it. It's not about taking a risk so that we can prove how fearless we are. It's about allowing ourselves to be who we are, you know, to the best of our ability to align with our truest and happiest and most joyous selves and live our lives from there. And I truly believe that when you do that, you don't have to worry. (laughs) In fact, you never have to worry. But in that case, for sure, you know, worrying becomes increasingly optional, obsolete, and unneeded. And it's never really needed anyway. And so I believe that when I'm barefoot hiking, I'm more in touch with nature. I'm more in touch with the cycle of life. I'm more grounded and present and happy and joyous. And in that way, I'm more in touch with my own innate safety right? That safety that I am at my core. There is nothing to worry about. I am whole. I am well. I am complete. I am safe. And friends, so are you. So are you. And so sometimes when we release the fears, when we allow ourselves to be a little bit more vulnerable, when we allow ourselves to worry a little bit less and enjoy more, truly magical and miraculous things can happen. And, you know, before I wrap up, I want to say something else. And the guides are kind of piping in now. They're saying Victoria shared the story in the way that she shared it. And again, this is coming from the guides, which is why I'm suddenly speaking about myself in the third person, because it's not me. Anyway, they say Victoria shared the story the way that she shared it, because for you listening today, we want you to know, and she wants you to know that whatever orientation and relationship you have with your fear right now is just fine. It's just fine. It's a dance. It's a dance that you are now in the process of gradually shifting and renegotiating. And so it's okay to be present with our fears. And we don't have to push the envelope towards, you know, barefoot running or jumping off a cliff or moving cross country or selling our business. Unless you feel called to do those things, then by all means, take that leap when you really feel strongly. But it's not about that. It's about gradually or sometimes not gradually becoming really present with yourself and your fears and remembering that you can take it one beautiful barefoot or shooed, step at a time to renegotiate the path, right? The path of your soul, the path of your self, and do so with a little bit more ease, joy, and grace. And that's, that's how it's been for me. And if you start to look back, you will see just as I have, as I chronicle my experience on this beautiful trail and who knows what's coming next, right? How I've released those layers of fear. And because of that, I enjoy my hikes even more and more and more and more. And so can you. So I will send you all some pictures now in case you're curious of the barefoot hike. That's all I got for you today. Thank you for indulging my story. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed sharing it. If you are looking for a community of beautiful, like-minded souls where you can start to release the fear and live more in your joy and in your light, please join us over in the Intuitive Connection Premier Community. It's a membership community for a very low monthly price where you can get uh, bi-monthly readings from me, additional teachings, all sorts of fun stuff, discounts, pop-ups with the guests. We'd love to have you over there. 
check it out. And I would love to continue the conversation there too. And of course, we also have the Intuitive Connection community on Facebook that is completely free. And we do a lot of fun stuff over there too. So I hope to see you in one of both of those places. Or if you feel so called to, to take an even deeper dive, set up a one-on-one intuitive counseling or coaching session, and uh, we can play over there too. So you'll find all these opportunities on victoriashawintuitive.com. But whatever you do, thank you so much as always for tuning into the podcast and letting me do what I love to do. Have a wonderful day and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.